Welcome back. In this week's episode, Rody and I do something very special. Usually, we take three articles of the week, and we discuss them, and we break them down, and we analyze them. However, this week, we decided to do something a little different. We decided, in honor of the upcoming fifth Israeli elections, we decided to do an Israeli election special. But we're not alone this week. This week, we brought on the number one seat of the Tzirim Boarim party, or the Passionate Youth Party, we brought on Hadar Mukhtar, and she's going to join us not only in telling us about her platform, but she's going to talk to us about the election and other topics that we want to talk about. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. Hey guys, so how's it going? How's everyone's day so far? I'm uh, doing good. How are you? I can't complain. Hadar, how are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm doing great, actually. I'm just doing a protest in Tel Aviv, Russell Street, so it can get better. <laughs> it can always be better, but don't forget that it could also be worse. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You heard the, the whole thing about an Irish optimist. An Irish optimist believes that it can get worse. So, you know, let's, let's channel it. Okay, our- that's nice, yeah. So, yeah, so we're all being a little Irish optimists uh, optimists today. Sorry about the stuttering. Anyway, so before... Always, just today. Excellent, excellent. So before we continue, I want to let you know that, dear listeners, we want to continue producing great content for you. However, we need your help. So we're going to need you to smash that like button, share this video with all your friends and family, and subscribe to the channel. In addition, you can reach out to us by commenting on the YouTube video or by DMing us at the right side of the compass on Instagram. We worked very hard on this episode and we have a very special guest today. So I hope you appreciate the episode because I think we're going to have a great time and I hope you enjoy listening to what's going on here. And I hope you are very, very informed by this discussion. Anyways, so without further ado, let's begin. All righty. Okay, so first what we want to do is we want to talk about our guest and her party's platform. So Hadar, so let's talk about your party's platform. You are the number one seat in the uh, Tzirim Boarim party. Um, Do you mind giving us what you would translate the party in English to? And also tell us a little bit about the platform of the party. Yeah, sure. Well, the translation is not that good. It's called Burning Youth. So I don't think in English it sounds good as it sounds in, in Hebrew. But in Hebrew, it's which means the people doesn't go on fire. The people are like burning because of passion, because they are angry, because they want to change. This is like the maybe the translation that I will give it. Um, and basically, my party is a party for young people. We want to represent the young people in the parliament, in Israeli parliament. And we want to reduce the cost of living because for young people, Living here in Israel is so hard. Like the houses are here are so oh God, expensive. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I mean, houses here are so expensive. Supermarkets. Like, well, it's not even expensive. It's like thirty to fifty percent down on a mortgage. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I I think a country that are expensive, like it's good. But in Israel, the problem is that the the salaries are not higher. They're not good as the, you know, the cost of living. You don't earn here as much as you can earn in other countries um, that has the same level of prices. 
Um, and I think this is so important because in Israel parliament, you don't have uh, parties of young people, which I think is the worst. You know, the people that are in parliament are old, they are 60 years old, they have so many, they have so much money, they're living in villas, they have private jets, they're millionaires. So how can a 50 years old millionaire can decide on a 20 years old that cannot, cannot rent a house here in Israel? So I think you need to put more young people in the in the parliament. So this is what my party tried to do. Okay. Do you did so you said that there's no young people party in Israel. Are you saying that there are young people parties in other countries? I think in Europe there are so many like parties of young people. Most of them are like um, they they talked about the the not the cost of living, but like global warming and stuff like this. So I think in these kind of parties in Europe, you have a lot of kids, you have a lot of young people. Um, but I think, yes. And, you know, also in United States, you do have some senators that are young and you have um, young people in the parliament of United States, but in Israel, you don't have anything. I mean, define, define young from like what age to what age? I think... Young, young in Israel, in um, like what it says in the law, it's until 35. 35. So this is what, 35, this is what I consider to be young people. But I, I think it's a problem because, you know, and also another problem in Israel politics is that the, the, you have the same politician over and over again. You have the same politician, 50 years old, and they have, they are in the parliament for like, 20 years, they don't do anything. You have the same people. This is the, one of the problems. I want to put, I want to put new blood in the system. I want to put more people in the system. New people, they, I prefer them to be young. But you know, old people that are, that they, they weren't, um, they weren't in the parliament. That's gonna be great too. Um, but the problem is that you have the same people over and over again. I hear that. So I, I, in my frustration with the with the constant elections, anyone who doesn't know. Israel has been kind of having just elections after elections after elections. Um, anyone who says that Israel isn't a democratic country, um, they're obviously wrong. We, we're so democratic that we can't stop having elections. Uh, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I said kind of, you know, sarcastically or in a quip almost that if, you know, if, if a bunch of politicians, they get elected and they can't build a coalition, they should just be barred from running because it's obvious that, you know, that there's something wrong there. And, you know, perhaps it's because, you know, the politicians don't want to work with each other, whatever, that's fine. You know, that's not the end of the world, but then at the very least, then they shouldn't drag what ruined the last election. They shouldn't bring it with them to the new election. I thought that would make a great rule, but of course the problem is, is it would require the people sitting in Knesset to sign that bill into law. And no one in Knesset has any incentive to sign a bill like that. So, but whatever, it is what it is. So tell me, uh, we are a conservative podcast. We're not going to, you know, pretend what we're not here or pretend that we aren't what we are. Tell me, why why should a conservative person who's very like, you know, you know what I mean, Shomarni? I'm not talking about, you know, Masorti, traditional. I'm talking about someone politically conservative, someone who wants low taxes, someone who wants, uh, you know, f- strong traditional families, someone who wants, uh, you know, a, a more kind of stronger, you know, traditional uh, social fabric in Israel. Why would someone choose to vote for you, uh, your party, over, uh, I don't know, the traditional, quote-unquote, right-wing parties such as Likud or the Dati Lumi party, the National Religious Party, or the various ultra-Orthodox parties or uh, Israel Beitenu? Or why would they choose to vote for you over someone uh, someone else? 
I don't think it's a question of being conservative and not being conservative. I think, like, I don't believe in left and right. I think it's bullshit. But I think they should vote for me because the other politician failed. I mean, they, they ruined my life. They ruined my future. They didn't do anything. I can't live in Israel. I'm 20 years old and I don't see a future here. I definitely don't see a future here. So who is the, who I should blame? Of course they eat the politicians because they ruled here for 20 years, the same people. So I don't think it's a, it's, 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 it's a question of being conservative or not being conservative because you know, if you're if you want to, if you're religious or not religious, you want to have a lower, you want to pay less and you want to earn more and you want to have like a great life here as young people, you want to build a family, you want to buy a house, you want to rent a house, whatever. But you can't do this because um, no one in the Knesset do anything. They didn't do anything because they don't, they don't want to do anything. They don't feel the cost of living. They're millionaires. They don't go to supermarkets. They don't rent houses. They have villas. They don't feel the cost of living. For them, Israel is cheap. So I don't see it as a question of conservative or non-conservative or religious or not religious or left or right. I see it as we against them. With them, it means the politicians, the people who rule the country. So I, I, this is how I see it. I think, well, my opinion in terms of, you know, um, um, questions of uh, religious or not religious people, of, for example, you know, public transport is Saturday, uh, the LGBT or stuff like this. I think the people should... Uh, vote for that in referendum um, and not the politicians. So I promote a referendum law about this subject. I don't promote my own opinion about the subject. So I think that's something great for conservative people and non-conservative people. Um, and I think also in economics, I don't think there is left and right. I think there's just one point, one point which you should, um, which you want to be there, one point which, um, you know, try to combine um, a great, a great support system with, you know, low taxes and a free market and, you know, competition. I think it's not a question of left or right either. Uh-huh. I see. Oh, of course. I, I get what you're saying. So I guess if I had to, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I had to kind of sum up what you were saying and kind of say it like much simpler in a much more simply simpler way, I guess what I would say is that before the left and right and before, you know, Shabbat, uh, Sabbath, not Sabbath or religious, not religious, this one, that one, all that. Um, I guess you would say that the most important thing is to get the economics under control, to make it a country where young people have a future, whatever future that might be. Yes, but also you want to decide on this question. You want to, to know if, in, if Israel is, is, uh, has a public transport on Saturday or not. You want to, to you want to, to ask the people if they want to do, you know, um, non-religious marriage or they want to do a religious marriage, but you have to ask them. You don't, in the position, they didn't, they didn't decide because they didn't co-decide. So you have to ask the people in a referendum. So I promote both. I promote, of course, uh, low uh, cost of living. I think it's important. I, you know, less corruption, which is very important. And, you know, the last thing that I promote is referendum law. Um, I direct democracy like in Switzerland. And also... Are you, are you coming from the United States? I am. I well, I'm, well, I'm in Israel right now and Rhodey is in the United States, although I guess it's a good time to mention that Rhodey will be moving to Israel and making the podcast 100% Israeli. So, Oh, great. Um, so I want to give an example from the United States. You know, the legalization, the legalization issue, you know, uh, buying weed in some certain places in the United States. Well, there was 
there were so many referendums about this in different states in the United States. So this is a great example of how you can do direct democracy in modern days. Um, for example, in California, you have a referendum law. So mm -hmm. this is what I want to do in Israel as well. Mm -hmm. And what would you say to someone who says, you know, there are certain like I'm not like, let's say you talk to someone on the street and they and they say the following, you know, Hadar, you have some really, really great ideas. But the problem is not everything should be up for a vote. So, for example, let's say you talk to a very religious person and they say, you know, I don't want to put marriage up to a vote because if you put marriage up to a vote, then it kind of it goes to the lowest common denominator. And then there are going to be certain people who will not do things from a religious perspective. And, you know, without getting too much into, you know, Jewish marriage law, and all that, because I think you and I both know the issue without getting too much into the details here. You know, it would destroy Israeli society if, you know, secular people didn't feel the need to go through, you know, the rabbinate to get married or they didn't feel the need for the most part to do a Jewish law marriage, as it were. So what would you well, say to such a person like that? I can tell you, I am religious. OK, I will say before. I am religious and all my friends are religious and I have, most of my friends are ultra orthodox. Okay. Ultra orthodox. Um, and they're coming from the, I don't know how to say the word in, in English, but they're like coming from very close society and communities and they have their own rabbis. I know this, I know the society because I came from the society and I, I, I have to tell you, they want a referendum law. They prefer in the referendum This is why in my party, you have so many religious people you have so many ultra orthodox people and you have also arabs and you have also druids and you have also secular people from tel aviv you have all these people i mean i think the people understand that they should be the one who decide and this is you know this is this is the rules of democracy this is like you don't have a better choice okay you don't have a better system except that the, 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 the people should vote and the people should decide and I think they understand this. And, you know, most of the people are here in Israel. They believe in God. They are very conservative. So I don't see any problem about that. But, but you know, people, sh we need to decide. Because if we don't decide, just, you know, it's messed up our political system. And we fight about it all the time. And the politician use it in order to get votes. I mean, we should decide. We should decide whether we have public transport in Saturday or not. And if it's not that, then done. Stop talking about this because it's just interrupting the, the political system. And if we do, okay, where? I mean, there's so many unanswered questions that we should answer. I hear that. I hear that. Rodi, do you have any questions for Hadar? I did. Uh, it was more, uh, I mean, I guess more or less about the platform. I was just curious on like how, how did you get into politics or, you know, what, what got you into it? Well, I have to tell you, I, I, I wasn't, my plan wasn't to be a politician. I, I did my first degree in computer science and then I moved to Germany for like seven months, which were the seven most important uh, months in my life, which I learned a lot about politicians and about different people and stuff like this. And I started everything from TikTok, by the way. Well, I started to, to post some political issue on my TikTok account and to talk about the prices in Germany compared to the prices in Israel and how I live here and how, how well, in Germany I paid one euro for, it's like one dollar for ice cream and in Israel it costs 18 um, shekels. So wow. I, I started to talk about that and then it went viral. And then when I came back to Israel, I understood that I can't live the, li the same life I lived in Germany here in Israel because in Israel everything is so expensive. And in Germany, I lived alone and I travel all around Europe and 
and you know everything was so cheap and I went to eat outside every day and you know I, I can't do that in Israel and that's bothered me like I don't want to leave here in Israel and see no future I don't want to work from eight in the morning and finishing 12 at night and you know this is not the life I wanted and how do I change that I don't change it from TikTok I don't change it from court protests I change it by going to the classes and do laws and uh, and work on that. Um, so this is how I started in politics. It's just, you know, my thinking about my future and how I want to live. And, you know, I just started my life and I don't want my life to be, you know, running in a mouse race. I don't know if it's like a good translation from Hebrew to English, but, you know, you just want to... We would say yeah, the rat race. Way. We would say a rat race rat in race. Hebrew. In rat English. Race. So I, I guess it all started with uh, a thing of ice cream. All good things start with ice cream. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Ice cream is the best. In Germany, more, by the way. Oh, you so, oh, is that, that? Yeah, vanilla, lo- vanilla or chocolate? Which one do you like? Um, I think chocolate. I'm a chocolate, chocolate. girl. I yeah. mean, that's that's the correct answer. You know that, right? Like, vanilla is just the wrong answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a vanilla <laughs> guy. <laughs> yes, yes. But your, your opinion doesn't matter because you eat your steaks well done. So your opinion literally does not matter. <laughs> 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 so yeah so so you could disregard Rody's opinion on food and most things because the, the number one hadar you don't know this but this is a running gag on the podcast i'm always right luke is always right that's that's the rule here so okay just, got it so yeah um yeah, and now, his opinions are facts apparently it's I mean, that, that is a fact. He's not wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, Hadar, you're I think you're the second uh, female guest on the podcast. Um, and there's a lot of guys out there who who don't know anything about women. Is it OK if we ask you like a like a, a, a non private dating question? Like we're not asking about your dating life, but we're going to ask you about like, you know, is that yeah, OK? That's what we want. Yeah, OK. Sure. Excellent. Excellent. So. As a woman, as a woman, wh- how do you see the Israeli dating market? Like, do you see, like, is it easy for a man to get into? Is it hard? Uh, what is it like for women? Um, actually, I don't know about this, to be honest, because I'm kind of conservative and I'm coming from a conservative family. Like, well, I, I don't I don't do dating. So I'm actually I don't know. I know there are oh, wow. dating apps. I didn't have one in my life um but I that's don't know probably about- for the best that's yeah. probably for the best yeah i think so too <laughs> yeah i think so too okay so so essentially if 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 you were going to give advice to a man where to find a girl wh- what would you tell that man what would you tell oh my god he should come to the party he should come to my political party you know how much um couples there were there what there are in my political party that were created you're saying I created them. Yes. <laughs> I, I should be like, I, I'm, I'm literally gotten this subject. Like there's so many, um, you know, young people who are going to the political party and, you know, they find each other and yeah, we have a lot of couples and I think it's the best because in political party, you actually, you know, we have a very good people, people who actually care from the society, from the community. Um, so you can find a great women there and a great guys there. So yeah, I suggest everyone to join with Burning Youth Movement. Okay, so you heard it here first. Was this the first <laughs> time you ever spoke about this? Because I feel like... What? Was this the first time you ever spoke about, like, 
dating at the party? Was that like the first time you ever spoke about it? Because I feel like if, if it is, then I, I do want to say you heard it here first, you know? Oh, yeah. Actually, this is the first time I did it, you know, on a podcast or interview or something like that. So this is the first time. But we have so many jokes jokes about this in the party. Um, but yeah, everyone oh, knows wow. about this party. Yeah. Okay. So I so. Okay. So you heard it here first. If there's any guys yeah. who are having a trouble finding that special lady, uh, go to Tsirian Barium. You'll find someone special, uh, hopefully with any luck. But uh, disclaimer. Uh, no uh, results not guaranteed batteries not included um so yeah <laughs> anyways so is there anything else you want to say before we continue with the more general election because i do because i love hearing about the party it sounds really interesting regardless of what i agree with your platform what i don't agree with the platform the thing i like about this is that i'm able to talk with someone on the ground and of course you know i we love hearing different opinions on this podcast even if they're not mine even if they're therefore not correct because they're not my opinions <laughs> but uh, um but uh you know is there anything else you want to say before we talk more about the general election in terms of like you know the different parties and we go over the different parties and we talk about that stuff is there anything else or no, I think I said everything. I think right. I said everything. That's perfect. All right. So um, if if you are happy with the way you were able to present your party and your platform and, and all of that in your story, then we will be moving on to the next part, which is we're going to be talking yeah. about the major players. Okay. So uh, anyone, a lot of our um, listeners are Americans or English okay. speakers. And so they, they don't, they're, they're looking at Israel from the outside. They see Israel from the outside. And so, you know, let's, let's go over the different political parties. Cause as you said, um, you don't care about right and left. Um, and while I don't know necessarily if I agree, I don't care about left and right so much. What I will say is that left and right is a lot more complicated than it is in the United States, where you really just have the Republicans on the right and the Democrats on the left. And then, of course, you have the little groups inside. But for the most part, it's very easy to follow who's on the right, who's on the left, um, at least in a very broad sense. But uh, here I want to talk about the different parties because it's not just, you know, left and right. It's also which right and which left. So, of course, you can't talk about the current Israeli elections without talking about uh, you know, the, the big players, right? So of course you've got Likud, which is headed by Benjamin Netanyahu, and you've got Blue and White and Yeshatid. Blue and White is headed by Benny Gantz, and Yeshatid is headed by Yair Lapid, the current prime minister of Israel. So although he's yeah. more of an so he's more of an interim. So what do you see in like what do you see in terms of this interaction? Because this has been the big sticking point for the elections regard because for the last four elections, you've had blue and white team up with the to get like this big coalition together of like 30 something mandates. And then you had Likud come together. They, they naturally come with 30 something mandates and you've got Benjamin Netanyahu, who I like to say is the unstoppable force of Israeli politics. And then you've got Benny Gantz and Yair Lapid who are simply and them and the broad anti Netanyahu movement. They're more of the unstoppable. They're more of like the immovable object. And that's why we've had this problem because you have Benjamin Netanyahu who doesn't want to give up and you have uh, Benny Gantz and Yair Lapid who don't want to give up. Right. And, and they're kind of like at odds. So would you say that's like a good character, like characterization of it? And do you have anything to add? And what would you someone who's on the inside? What would you say? I, I, yeah, I think it's more complex now than it was before. Well, um, because now Benny Gantz doesn't like Yair Lapid that much because 
he's the prime minister instead of him. So I think I will divide it to three categories. You have Bibi Netanyahu with the uh, ultra-Orthodox, then you have also the religious people. They are like one block which contains, I think, 50-something mandates. Um, and then you have Benny Gantz, which wants to be also, you know, the prime minister. He does not want to uh, be under Yair Lapid anymore. So I'll put him in another block. And then you have Yair Lapid, which goes with the Avoda, with the, is that labor. a good sensation? Avoda, the liberal, yeah. No, no, not liberal, liberal labor. Like, uh, liber, like labor, labor, yeah, the labor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Labor. So you have Yair Lapid, which goes to the, with the labor and merits. Yeah. And do they, yeah, the merits. And do they go with the Arab parties as well, or are the Arab parties their own thing? I think you have two Arab parties. You have one of them, it's called um, the Rashima Mishutefet, the share. The joint list. The joint list. Enjoy list. Yeah, enjoy list. So they're like, they don't want to sit in any coalition. And then you have Ram, uh, which I don't think you can find a good translation for Ram. Um, but this party wants to be part of the coalition. So you have two Arab parties. One of them does not want to be with anyone. The second one wants to be part of the coalition. So Yair Lapid will go with the Arab. So they are like one block. Then you have Benny Gantz, which wants to be, I don't know what he wants actually, but I think he wants to be also a prime minister. He wants to like be with the Netanyahu, Yair Lapid with everybody, but he wants to be the prime minister. And then you have... Uh, you know, Ayala Chaked, which was, they, they have an, a new uh, political party, uh, which called the, the Zionist Vibe, I don't know, and they want to sit with, they want to sit with everyone, but no one, no one wants to sit with them because they don't going to get um, much of the vote. So I put this in three blocks. Yeah. Would you say that the reason why Ayala Chaked's party, the Zionist spirit, I guess I would call it, um, would you say that the reason for, I guess, its lack of excitement is because of what happened with Bennett and how? Yeah, Bennett... sure. Okay, that was that was. It. They lie. They lie to their. They lie to their vote voters. Like they they literally lie in order to get a chair. So of course he he, he actually was the prime minister with four mandates. I mean, who does this thing? If you care about Israel, you can get your you can get a minister. You don't need to be a prime minister. Like he just wanted to do it for the job and then he quit. Yeah, I think a lot of that's that's what I heard from a lot of people who they 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 voted for, you know, the what they figured was a religious Zionist party. Right. Uh, yeah. If I recall correctly, it was a uh, Yemena Hadash and or, or I guess they changed it at some point. I, I didn't yeah. care because it's just like, who cares? Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, a lot of people were saying that now it is important to point out that Bennett did not break any rules. I'm not saying Bennett cheated or anything, but yeah, it is kind of like a, it, it's not really a, it's not really like the way the system's supposed to work. It's more like, well, technically that works, but come on, if you got four mandates, you shouldn't be in charge, you know? Yeah, sure. And I think I want to say another thing that, you know, because there was a different government and yeah, well, there is a lot of people, there are a lot of people that hope that this government will make a big change and everything is going to be different. I think that a lot of people who really disappointed from Yagrafid and Benny Gantz and all this, you know, all this group, um, because people still in Israel that everything is the same. Like they were the same as the Senyao. We can see big change. Um, we don't see anything different. 
Um, so I think a lot of people in Israel are kind of really disappointed right now because they don't believe you anyone anymore. Well, I would say that that's that I could have predicted that. And I'll tell you why. People think that if you swap out the politicians, you get something new. But the reality yeah. is, is that at least here in Israel, um, and I'm sure I can make the connection elsewhere, but here in Israel, most politicians, they come from big military backgrounds, right? So yeah. Yair Lapid's kind of this weird, you know, exception to the rule. But Benny Gantz was the was the chief of staff at one point in the military. To be the chief of staff in the military means you need at like on some level, you need to respect the system and the way it works. And if you do that, you can't fundamentally, you can't then also have a mindset of, oh, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to fix things because you don't get to be the chief of staff of the of the Israel Defense Forces if you're constantly this maverick who's trying to change things. That's how you get like, you know, shafted by some other pencil pusher, you know, because eventually, you, you know, a lot of people, they talk about these chief of staffs like they're these big warriors. And, you know, you can't be the chief of staff if you didn't serve in combat. But at the same time, there are combat soldiers who are more willing to do, uh, you know, certain things. And there are combat soldiers who are willing to do other things to get to that level of authority in a system where your job is to follow orders. You have to be good at following orders, yeah. being creative and being like a, 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 a mover and a shaker doesn't really help you. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the way I see it. Well, I think that you are right, because, you know, all the people that are coming to politics right now. Oh. Yesterday, like there was someone new who coming to politics, also like a, so like a, a really high commander in Israel, and he joined to politics to to Benny Gantz party. I think all of the people that are in our political party, they are like kind of made from the same material. Material. Well, they have a lot of money. They were years in the system. Also, Yael Lapid, which which doesn't have a, an army background, he he still was like in the media. He was. Um, represent he, he he work on uh, social work on media and he work on TV and stuff like this and also you know Benny Gantz with all this background of military stuff and then you have all the other politicians which are millionaires and they have a lot of money and they were you know in in the system before so I, I really agree with you I think all of them are kind of from the same material okay so let's say I come to you and I say I put a gun to your head and I say Hadar if you don't predict what happens in the Israeli elections, um, I'm going to kill you. Right. Let's say I do that right now because I, I, I'm because I know you're probably going to say I don't want to make a prediction. But now I force you to make a prediction because now, you know, your life depends on it. So I'm forcing you to make a prediction now. What do you think will happen? What do you see on the ground in terms of who people are supporting? What do you think will be the end result in terms of the coalition, in terms of you know, how many seats, not like exactly how many seats, because that could take hours and we're running low on time. But just give me like what you think will happen, be the result of the election. Do you think it will be like another deadlock? Do you think something like something will actually happen? What do you think is going to happen? I think there's going to be another election. Oh, oh really? no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Right. That, that's why I never believed these people when they said, oh, we're going to lock you in your houses to because we care about you so much. Because the reality is, is that a group of people like this who who know like that, that their squabbling is just costing the Israeli taxpayer billions of billions of shekels to yeah. run these elections. Right. I don't trust them when they say, oh, if you just stay in your houses and you wear the mask and you take the vaccine. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to trust you. And by the way, this is no commentary on the vaccine or the you know, I'm just saying, like, I don't trust these people when they say these things like that's 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 the point I'm making. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's why I, I find it kind of hard for because 
you know, if, if Benjamin Netanyahu really cared and he saw that there's so much division regarding him, then maybe he should just bow out of politics and not be the sticking point. Because I feel that one of the reasons we're having this problem is because all of the right wing parties are kind of they're trying to figure out, are we with Netanyahu? Are we against Netanyahu? Because, of course, you've got Israel Beitenu, you've got a Victor Lieberman's party and you've got the, the ultra orthodox party and they can't get along because a Victor Lieberman's party is is based on not you know, pandering to the ultra orthodox. And then you've got, you know, and then Benny Gantz, right? Maybe Benny Gantz is not exactly this liberal. He's not like a, he's not like a commie, right? He's just not conservative, right? But he made his platform about not sitting with Netanyahu. So now he goes and sits with Netanyahu to build a coalition. Well, guess what? He just lied to his voters. Yeah. And then, you know, so, and Netanyahu also, if he decides he wants to make a more centrist government, he's going to have to kick some of the ultra-Orthodox. He can't, he can't build anything anymore, uh, at least in my opinion. Maybe there's other people who disagree, but uh, fair enough. But I think the, the results speak for themselves. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that there's, I don't see it changing. And I, I suppose you agree with me because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. So. Yeah, actually, I'm doing that because I think he's, our party, maybe a new party will enter the Knesset. Maybe that can can put end to all this election because then we can, you know, choose a side. And with this side, we will, you know, build a coalition. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think something will change. Like, if there's not going to be a new party which will enter to the parliament, it's going to be election over election over election because that's what's happening in the past Never ending elections. Woo. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. So so what do you think is the way out of this? If you don't see there being a, a definitive election to end elections for a while, what do you see as the way out of it? I, I told you, I think we need to to enter a new party to the parliament. I think burning like setting Barim should be a new party. And, you know, we need to 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 maybe put new people in the system. So do you new think there should be the- like term limits? What I think? Do you think there should be term limits? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it, it could because, well, it's happening over and over again. So maybe you should put new people and new parties with different opinions and, you know, without the ego, ego game with all the politicians that I'm going to, I'm not going to sit with you. I'm not going to sit with you. I'm not going to sit with you. I mean, we are so tired of this. We don't care, basically. So one more question and then we will have to go, but I would love to have you on again to talk about other ideas that we have um, in terms of, you know, how the country should be run, things like that. But what are your numbers looking like? Are you going to pass the threshold, do you think, or what, what, how, like, what do you, like, what percentage of the vote do you think you're going to get? Read my lips. We're going to get to six months. Oh, wow. That's, that's bold. You hear that, Rody? That's bold. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bold prediction. Anyways, so tell us, where can people find you on social media? Oh, that's great. You can write Hadam Mukhtar on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you can also join and enter our website, which is called seirimbarim.org.il. Um, and on Google. And yeah, you can join the family. Yeah, for sure. We'll, put, we'll be sure to put all the spellings in the comment, in the in the in the description so that anyone who wants to look for it can do that anyways that's it for today but it was great having you on hadar and we look forward to having you on next time yeah hopefully thank you so much have a great day 
All right, and that's it for our show today. Thank you for joining us for this very special episode. And thank you to Hadar for joining us as well. Make sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell buttons. And make sure to share it with all your friends. Because sharing is caring. Yes, it is. And you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, as well as YouTube and Rumble. And if you want to get in contact with us, make sure to slide into our DMs on Instagram at the right side of the compass. We hope you enjoyed, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.